We saw the fall of the one world monetary system in the first part of this chapter 18. And we also heard God's call to his people, his faithful remnant, verse 4 of Revelation 18. I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins and lest you receive of her plagues. And we talked about the fact that even in the tribulation there will be believers and they will be tempted just as people are being tempted now to buy into the system. People being forced to either take the vaccination or lose their jobs and lose their livelihoods, all kinds of things. And many people are caving. I, my good buddy, I told you about Hugh, that had the COVID in Colorado and he's back home in Arizona now recovering, praise the Lord. They almost killed him with remdesivir. They started giving him remdesivir in the hospital and within two days he was having heart problems. His kidneys were failing. So they took him off. That's another drug approved by Anthony Fauci, by the way. They won't give you ivermectin. They won't give you hydroxychloroquine. They won't give you any number of drugs that have been proven to bring an abatement to the virus, but they will give you remdesivir approved by Anthony Fauci that's killing 50% of the people who take it. Isn't that interesting? The last video about democide, about depopulation. It's here, folks. Okay, so there will be believers in the tribulation. They will be tempted to buy in. Might as well just give up and take the mark. I can't handle it anymore. But are you willing to sacrifice your eternal destination with God for the things of this world? So we continue now on beginning in verse 9 with the lament of those who have prospered from their relationship with Babylon. It's so much. I'm not going to read it. We'll just dive right in and go take it verse by verse. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth. We pray that you would cause the truth to reign supreme in our hearts and minds, that you would give us the strength to resist any and every temptation of the enemy, every onslaught from the pit of hell that would try to mitigate against your church, Lord. Give us the strength to stand firm in these last days and feed our spirits from your word today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So beginning with verse 9, we see three kinds of people who lament over Babylon's fall, okay? This is commercial Babylon. They actually rejoiced over the destruction of religious Babylon because they replaced the one world religion with worship of the Antichrist himself. But in verse 9, the kings lament. In verse 11, the merchants lament. In verse 17, the seamen, those who navigate the waters of the world, and this lament that we will see here is very similar to Ezekiel 27, which records Ezekiel's lament over Tyre, if you want to go back and reference that later, Ezekiel chapter 27. But verse 9, the kings of the earth who committed fornication and lived luxuriously with her, with commercial Babylon, will weep and lament for her when they see the smoke of her burning. So the ten rulers, we've talked about these guys. It's already been laid out by the uh, globalists, uh, Agenda 20, uh, 20, 2021, Agenda 2030, their plan for the world to replace all nation states with ten quadrants or ten segments which the world will be divided into. So you can picture, I suppose, that uh, our quadrant might include Canada, United States, Central America, South America. If they line them all up geographically, they may have a different way of doing it depending on how they think they can best control the world. The ten rulers under the Antichrist will forsake all justice and righteous rule, which is already happening, selling out for the gold and glory that Babylon affords them. If you've noticed, 
while the inflation's rising and the average people are, are having less and less disposable income, as it were, and things are becoming more and more difficult, those at the very top are getting richer and richer and richer. And I don't say that as someone who supports socialism or any of those things, but it's simply a fact. And the fact is, it's in our faces every day. Leaders, rulers, and politicians have sold out to the corporations, the special interest groups, big pharma, right? So they will weep and mourn over her in the satanic world system, which is already evolving. Money is power. Is that not true? The destruction of Babylon means the downfall of those corrupt world rulers. And so standing at a distance, verse 10, for fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city, Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour your judgment has come. So see, we should not lament because God's judgment is coming in his perfect timing. For fear of her torment. So knowing these people who have profited from this one world monetary system, knowing that they're next to fall and astonished that such a great political and economic system could be so quickly and so completely devastated. And by the way, even the disciples prior to the infilling of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, they equated wealth with privilege. Matthew 19, 23, Jesus said to his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? You see that the mentality leading up to the coming of Christ and even afterwards for those who have not been filled with the Spirit of God, there's always been this almost universal belief that prosperity equals favor with God. Hence the word of faith movement, the prosperity movement, where they teach you that if you're in right relationship with God and you have enough faith, you will be wealthy. Do you know Jesus taught the exact opposite? But even the disciples believed that, that those that were wealthy, God loved them more than everybody else. Well, gosh, if the wealthy can't get saved, who can? And so this mentality which prevails in the world today these at the top of the so-called food chain. Now they're astonished. They're standing at a distance for fear of her torment because they know they're next. Verse 11, and the merchants of the earth, first the kings, now the merchants, will weep and mourn over her for no one buys their merchandise anymore. Really? Why? Because nobody will have any money. It'll all be gone. So now we see the merchants as well as the rulers, will realize that all is gone commercially and there's no future for them or the power that has made them wealthy. And this is, we're moving right towards the end of the tribulation now. Jesus is coming back with us at any moment. Verse 12 and 13. Merchandise of gold and silver, precious stones and pearls, fine linen and purple, silk and scarlet, every kind of citron wood, every kind of object of ivory, every kind of object of most Precious wood, bronze, iron, and marble, and cinnamon, and incense, fragrant oil, and frankincense, wine, and oil, fine flour, and wheat, cattle, and sheep, horses, and chariots, and bodies, and souls of men. The 28 commodities listed here indicate that a wide variety of luxury items will still be available in the tribulation in spite of the famine, pestilence, and worldwide disasters of the tribulation period. They will only be available, however, to 
the elite, the ones running the show. And that's always how it's been, folks. That's one of the reasons that this whole socialism, communism, you know, wealth redistribution and all that garbage that our own government now is trying to foist upon us, it's always been this way under dictatorial regimes, fascism, communism, socialism, you name it. Whether it was Russia, Germany, anywhere in the world, while the common people have been struggling to survive, to stay alive, to get enough food to feed their families, the people at the top are living like kings. Fascism, communism, socialism, the new world order, globalism, the antichrist, Babylon, the impoverished masses suffer while the people in power live lives of luxury and excess. And by the way, it's happening right here in Washington, D.C. And many of those people had nothing till they went into politics, and they went into politics to become wealthy. I only know of one guy in recent history that was already wealthy when he went in and never took a salary. You know who that is? Our previous president? Yep. So, that's a sad thing, isn't it? A lot of these people have never had a regular job in their lives. They got right out of college, law degrees, went into politics, got a government job, and they've been living off of us ever since. Whew. Too bad I don't have any strong opinions. Okay, the merchants. We talked about the 28 commodities. Yep. And again, in Ezekiel 27, 12 through 22... You can look there for a list of goods traded with Tyre, and many of those same items appear in these verses. And that was a really important ancient trading city on the Mediterranean coast there, just above Israel, Tyre, and Sidon. Notice here, not only does it mention all these other commodities with which we're familiar, the very end of verse 13, it says, bodies and souls of men. Apparently, the slave trade will be resurrected in the last days. But really, honestly, folks, slavery has never really departed from the face of the earth. And even all that's going on in our country right now, trying to label us as racist, white supremacist, if you're white, all this emphasis on what happened in the early part of our nation's history is really a smokescreen because right now, all over the world, people are being enslaved. It has been the history of unrepentant, unregenerate mankind for one group to enslave another. And even now they're enslaving us. I saw two ladies in Sam's Club without masks. I think we were the only three in there without them. And I said, good day, ladies. No masks. Wonderful. I said, isn't it great to not be a zombie? And they rejoiced with me. They rejoiced with me. Again, if you feel led, compelled, the need, go ahead and breathe your own carbon monoxide. Go ahead and breathe your own germs back. I won't judge you for it. I just don't believe it's the right way to go. In fact, we've seen in the videos and through other information that after the mask and after the vaccines, the numbers actually went up. That ought to tell you something ain't right. All right, bodies and souls of men. So the sla slavery, which even now, again, is you don't think forced 
vaccine mandates as slavery? I do. When they're forcing you to put a needle in your arm without your permission, that's slavery. In light of all the BLM, diversity, white supremacy, racism, Antifa, critical race theory, 1619 project, you know about the 1619 project? They've been implementing in the public schools. It teaches our nation didn't begin in 1776. It started in 1619, and our nation was founded for the explicit purpose of slavery. When the pilgrims did not come here to establish a nation based upon slavery, they came here to establish a nation based upon the worship of God of the Bible. <laughs> President Trump had tried and started to initiate a program I forget the name of it now, but it had to do with returning the true history of America into our public schools and teaching kids about the, the actual real founding of our nation to fight against this 1619. But his plan was wiped out, and the 1619 has been pushed forward. Critical race theory, 1619 project, everything they can do to totally destroy any hope, faith, belief, or trust in our nation's foundation. It's being shoved down our throats right now. This was some time back on World Net Daily. ISIS fighter admits soldiers' wives used as slave girls. Their price would range from $250 to $500. Have you heard anybody in our media and our, our government talk about this? No. They only talk about the horrible things we did 150, 200 years ago. I'm not justifying it. I'm not saying it was good. I'm not saying it was right. No nation on the face of the earth has a spotless history without blemish, right? And we fixed it. We fixed it. But right now, people are being enslaved all over the world, and it's going to come even more so during the tribulation period. In fact, one of the things that they're going to mourn over and lament is that along with all these other commodities which are no longer available, they will no longer be able to engage in slavery because no resources to buy and sell slaves. Verse 14, the fruit that your soul longed for has gone from you, and all the things which are rich and splendid have gone from you, and you shall find them no more at all. Now, the literal Greek translation of this, the fruit that your soul longed for has gone from you, the autumn ripe fruits of the lust of the soul, the autumn ripe fruits of the lust of the soul. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. John says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. You shall find them no more at all, vanish, never to be recovered, one translation says. Like a mist or a vapor at the coming of Christ, the temporal things of this world will disappear forever. And God is lovingly, graciously, even right now, trying to wean us off of these things. You know, my wife and I have talked about places that we still had hoped to go, trips we had hoped to take and so forth, and it's becoming less and less likely that that will ever happen in this life because I won't take a vaccine so I can fly on an airplane. And I won't take one so that I can drive my car from New Mexico to Arizona or New Mexico to Colorado because that could be down the pike. You realize that, right? On the major uh, interstates, at the very least, they could put uh, border stations where you have to 
stop and show your vaccine passport before you drive from one state to the next? I'm not willing to do that. This verse makes it clear that the present world system will be permanently destroyed, never to return, and I say, yay, God. Verse 15, the merchants of these things who became rich by her will stand at a distance for fear of her torment, weeping and wailing. And so even as the first group of merchants, one translation says the merchants who sold these things, So we have the kings, we have the merchants who produce the goods, and then we have those who sold them. So even as the first group of merchants will get rich from manufacturing and shipping these products, another group will get rich from the retail industry. And so you have the manufacturer, you have the shipper, you have the wholesaler, you have the distributor, you have the retailer. See, everybody benefits except the consumer who has to pay so much for the product because of all the middlemen clawing and scratching to get their cut. We've had these trade agreements that, uh, again, President Trump was trying to undo. He did a new one with the U.S. and Canada and Mexico, but before that it was NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement, the Free Trade Area of the Americas, FTAA, Central American Free Trade Agreement, CAFTA, the TPP, Trans-Pacific Partnership, Uh, which Trump was also against. I don't think that one ever actually went through, but gone are the days, for the most part, when you traded your corn that you grew for the other guy's sheep, right? Or you traded the wagon that you built for a year's supply of grain. There were no middlemen back in those days. And again, as people see more and more opportunities for profit, for money-making, then they just continue to make it more and more complicated, more people injected into the process So think about it. If you go back to the origin, how much it really costs to make that product and how much it costs by the time it gets to you. And these things will be played upon to the nth degree in the tribulation. Babylon will be the apex of materialism, greed, and man exploiting his fellow man for profit, all in the name of we are the world, the global community, the brotherhood of man, right, Mankind freed from the shackles of an oppressive, heavy-handed God the Jews and Christians called Jehovah. But as swiftly as this one-world economic and political system rises to power, just as swiftly it will come crashing down under the irresistible force of the Almighty God. Luke 12, 15-21, He said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store, just like, have you noticed over the years, it's kind of come to a halt here in Albuquerque for the time being, but there was a time when we had two or three Walmarts, and they were smaller, and then they abandoned those buildings and built bigger Walmarts. Do you remember that? Super Walmart. Maybe next it's Super Duper Walmart. Mega Walmart. So he said, I will do this. I'll pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, 
This night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you've provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. All right, verse 16. This next group now, the ones who selling the products, the merchandise, saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen, purple and scarlet, and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls. This verse describes the former condition of commercial Babylon in all her glory. The description of commercial Babylon is almost identical to that of the harlot, religious Babylon, in 17.4, again emphasizing how they are, quote, in bed together, committing adultery against the one who made them. Religious Babylon, commercial Babylon. We saw the Fauci candles and everything in the video. Revelation 17.4, and they're real too, by the way. They're real. You can get those. The woman was arrayed, verse 17, 4. The woman, the harlot, the one world religion, was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. Verse 17 of Revelation 18. For in one hour such great riches came to nothing. Every shipmaster, all who travel by ship, sailors, and as many as trade on the sea, stood at a distance. In one hour, it means in a moment. A large number of financial experts are warning right now, folks, that a global financial crash is imminent. It will be propped up for a time going into the tribulation. And here's the thing to think about. There are Christians who are prosperous, who are successful, businessmen, different uh, segments of the economy. And even the average Christian in Western civilization, Western countries, is we have more than people in other parts of the world. So if we all get raptured out of here, they can just suck up all those resources. Whatever's left in your bank account when you get raptured, Babylon will get it. Whatever stocks and bonds you have, whatever um, retirement funds and so forth, whatever precious metals you may have, those will all be sucked up by Babylon. And at that point, we won't care, will we? They can have it. They can have all the mammon they want. In one hour... You've all heard of the Wall Street crash of 1929, also known as Black Tuesday, October 29th. The great crash, or the stock market crash of 1929, began on October 24th, 1929, Black Thursday, and was the most devastating stock market crash in the history of the United States. The 2008, how many of you remember the 2008 financial crash? It was the worst economic disaster since the Great Depression of 1929, this was despite aggressive efforts by the Federal Reserve and Treasury Department to prevent the U.S. banking system from collapsing. It led to what has now come to be known as the Great Recession, not the Great Depression, but the Great Recession, where housing prices fell 31.8%. A realtor friend of mine said a while back, what goes up must come down. And we've seen it previously. Housing prices fell 31.8%, more than during the Depression. And now, recently, housing's just been going through the roof, up and up and up and up. So it led to the Great Recession. And uh, two years after the recession ended, unemployment, so this is around 2010, was still above 9%. And that's not counting discouraged workers who had given up looking for work and were no longer counted among the unemployed. Now, every shipmaster or sea captain, so in spite, folks, of the modern trucking, air cargo, and railroad industries 
We have multiple ways of moving cargo, do we not? Transporting cargo by sea has always been and always will be the dominant means of shipping, hence the term. We talk about getting something shipped. Now, it might be mailed through USPS, UPS, FedEx, but why, how did we get the term shipping? Because originally it was all shipped on ships. And even packages sent by these companies, UPS, FedEx, and others, are said to be shipped. And so as the world economy becomes more and more global and international, which it already has, it will become even more so massive shipment of goods from China all over the world. In fact, have you heard that in the L.A. Harbor, for example, ships are backed up way out to sea? Uh, this is another a result of the pandemic, uh, shutting down of manufacturing and so forth, not allowing ships into port because of quarantines and so forth. We've got ports all over the place where the ships are backed up and can't get into port to unload their cargo. That's another reason we're seeing the inflation and so forth. But this group also stood at a distance. Notice how all three groups, the kings, the merchants, the seamen, the shipping people, stand far off. The system they were once in bed with, they now want nothing to do with. And they cried out when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What is like this great city? So listen to this. Rather than, or another translation says, Was there ever a city like this great city? And again, it's not just a city. There, there will be somewhere in the world, possibly literal Babylon, possibly Rome. We've talked about the different possibilities. But it's not just a city. It's an entire demonic, satanic system called Babylon. And rather than recognize the hand of God in judgment, they could have said, wow, I guess God really got us this time. We better repent. No. They mourn over her perceived greatness. What is like this great city? Was there ever a city like this great city? Oh my goodness, this is the worst thing that could have ever happened. A similar statement is made about the beast in Revelation 13:4. So they worship the dragon, Satan, who gave authority to the beast, the Antichrist, and they worship the beast saying, who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? I'll tell you who, Psalms 113, 4 and 5, the Lord is high above all nations. His glory above the heavens, who is like the Lord our God who dwells on high? That's what they should have been saying. But instead they will be saying, oh my, this great city, there's never been a great system like this world monetary system that's now come crashing down. Woe is us. Who is like the beast? Who can make war against him? I'll tell you who. The Lord God Almighty. Amen. Verse 19. They threw dust on their heads and cried out, weeping and wailing, and saying, Alas, alas, that great city in which all who had ships on the sea became rich by her wealth, for in one hour she is made desolate. And of course we know that that was an ancient way of expressing extreme grief to throw dust on your head. All who had ships on the sea became rich, just like the kings and the merchants. The ship owners will prosper through their relationship with Babylon. But in one hour, she is made desolate. So John here again emphasizes the swiftness of her destruction. And that's what's so deceptive. We can go, be going right along. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, in the days of Lot, so shall it be the coming of the Son of Man, people eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage. It's going to look like everything is hokey-dokey. Now that we got rid of all those Christians, it's great. And now that you all know your place, 
right? And you take your shots regularly and you do what we tell you, everything will be wonderful. And so, just like people who do horrible things and nothing bad happens to them, they think, well, I guess I got away with that one. Either there is no God or he doesn't care. He's not paying attention. I got away with it. Think again. Think again. You will have to answer to him one day. Verse 20, rejoice over her, O heaven, and you holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. So even as the kings, the merchants, and the seamen are mourning, the inhabitants of heaven, angels, saints, apostles, prophets, martyrs, are exhorted to celebrate. Rejoice over her. If this collapse occurred today, here's a question, would you rejoice or would you mourn? If it all collapsed today, would you rejoice or would you mourn? Because you would be affected by it. For God has avenged you on her. The time is coming when God will avenge his people. Romans 12, 19, never take your own revenge. This is from the New American Standard Bible. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. See, God's the only one who's really qualified to take vengeance because you and I are, are, are vile, wretched sinners saved by grace. You know, they say when you're pointing the finger at someone else, there's three pointing back at you. So let God do his job and let us do our job. Romans 12, 20, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink, for in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. When people are mean to you and you're nice back, it sets their hair on fire and hopefully brings them to Jesus. Matthew 5, 43 and 44, Jesus says, you've heard it that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. God has not placed us here, folks, to judge the world. Did you know that? Now, we are to be fruit inspectors. By their fruit, you shall know them. We're not here to judge the world. We're here to carry on the ministry of his son, Jesus. John 3, 17, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Even Jesus didn't come the first time to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God's going to judge this world very soon, and it will not be a pretty sight. But we're here to bring hope to a dying, unbelieving world before time runs out. Let's stand. Let's bow our heads for a moment. And if you need, have a prayer request this morning, please raise your hand. I'd like to lift it up to the Lord. see quite a few there. Father, you see each hand. Lord, you even see the hands that aren't raised because there are some, Lord, this morning who probably do have a prayer request, but they haven't raised their hand. But you see their heart. You know what's on their mind. The Lord, especially those who did raise their hand, indicating their desire for prayer, we lift them up to you now. In agreement, Lord, not just me, but this whole congregation, because you said that whenever two or more would agree is touching anything, that you would hear that prayer. So we agree together, Lord, regarding health issues, first of all. Lord, anyone struggling with a health issue here this morning, God, we ask that you would touch them, heal them, whether it be a very minor thing, allergies, a cold, a hangnail, Lord, nothing's too small for you and nothing's too big. So we lift up issues, greater issues of cancer and um, blood disease and so forth, Father, respiratory issues, whatever it might be. You have authority over all things. You have authority over the elements. You have authority over our bodies, over our planet. We pray for healing, Lord, for those who are in need of a physical touch from you, Lord. 
Lord, your word is full of, of stories of all the people that were healed in both the Old and New Testament. You are the great physician, and we thank you and praise you for the healing of our bodies in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray for financial issues, Father. Some are beyond our control. We didn't do anything to create the problem. It just came upon us. Others, we've made mistakes, and for that we repent and ask for your forgiveness. But Lord, we pray regardless of the reason or the source of the problem that you would provide for your people, Lord. We know uh, you promised to meet our needs, not necessarily our wants, our desires, the luxuries, and so forth. But Lord, you did promise to provide for clothing, shelter, food, and so forth for us and our families. And so we ask that you would help us with any financial problems that may be represented here this morning, Lord, that you would provide that way of escape. Just give us wisdom and guidance going forward with our, the management of the resources that you provided us with. We pray for those in need of a job, that you'd provide them with a good job that doesn't require a vaccination. Father, we pray for relationships, that those could be healed and restored where there are, there are tears and breaks and separations of, of relationship. Lord, we ask for healing. We pray that you'd help us to be uh, ministers of reconciliation, forgiveness. Help us to be the first to step out, to repent, to forgive. Lord, even perhaps if we haven't done anything, that we could be uh, peacemakers. You've called us to be peacemakers here on the earth. So we pray for healing and restoration of relationships. Lord, we pray for wisdom where needed. Some may be seeking wisdom and guidance this morning for any number of issues. You promised if we would ask that you would give us that wisdom. We thank you, Lord for hearing our prayers, and I pray your blessings upon each and every one here this morning. For your hand of protection on the unvaxxed, the vaxxed, the masked, the unmasked, and we pray most of all give us wisdom and guidance going forward. Help us to be obedient to you and to your Holy Spirit, Lord. The apostles told the Sanhedrin we must obey God rather than men. Lord, show us how that applies for each one of us with all that we're going through right now, and we pray many blessings upon each one here as they travel wherever they're going, home, out to eat, wherever it might be, be with them, protect them, watch over them, bless their day, and fill them with your Holy Spirit, Father. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.